The Unshackled Waves, episode 46. Hello and welcome to the Unshackled Waves podcast. I'm Tim Wilms, here for another review episode. Now, we didn't have one last week because it was the week before Easter, so we're all busy with work and family commitments, but we are back, and because there is so much to talk about, we will have two review shows this week so we can catch up on everything for you. I'm joined once again by my co-editor-in-chief of The Unshackled, Sukith Fernando. Welcome again. Thanks, Tim, and hello, everyone. Well, we hope that you had a good Easter, because we certainly did. It was an especially good Easter, because after the previous week, we were, we were all quite concerned about the new foreign policy direction the Trump administration had appeared to take. Uh, there were some fantastic developments that occurred. Uh, on Easter Sunday, we woke to the news that the New South Wales government would be axing the destructive Safe Schools program, which is designed to indoctrinate children into the LGBT agenda and lifestyle. It was a very brave decision by the uh, coalition government. However, more needs still to be done to completely rid our schools and children of LGBT propaganda. We have often written and spoken about the violence of the far left and how they're allowed to get away with it. However, we saw the Battle of Berkeley in California this weekend, uh, where Antifa tried to violently suppress a pro-free speech event. However, what Antifa didn't count on was uh, people fighting back, and they got a taste of their own medicine, which was well overdue. And as I mentioned at the beginning, after a tense week in global politics, which began with the uh, US airstrikes over Syria, uh, and then there was also tensions between the US and North Korea over North Korea's uh, nuclear weapons program. Uh, this was also followed by the US bomb blast in Afghanistan. Uh, things appear to have calmed down now. There was no more action taken against Syria, meaning a hot war between US and Russia hasn't materialised, as some of us feared. And there are also many people who believe that Trump's recent actions are just part of his world-famous negotiating tactics. Uh, that could still be true, but there are still areas of concern. So we'll start with the New South Wales government axing the Safe Schools program. Now, uh, this uh, program is being axed when federal funding for the program runs out in the, the middle of this year, and it's going to be replaced with a general anti-bullying program. And this is the first time that a government has actually said, no, we're not going to have this program anymore. So uh, it, was, it was a very welcome decision and very brave one as well. Yeah, it was. We have been, you know, almost oppressed by the left these days with, you know, all these LGBT uh, programs in schools. Um, and it's nice to see that the New South Wales government, um, which is my state, um, has taken the steps to actually tell the federal government we will not do this um, because you know, it's too controversial. It's you don't know what's happening in the parents don't really have um, much knowledge about the actual program itself. Um, so it's nice to see that the, the government has taken, you know, has, has actually stood up to the left and said, you know what, we will not do this. And it's a welcome surprise, as I said, because, you know, we didn't expect, um, you know, Gladys Berejiklian to actually do, like, to actually allow this. Um, but it's nice to see that she, despite from being the left of the party, actually allowed this to happen. Um, and that's a, that's a nice sign um, for this state. And especially since the uh, New South Wales Liberal Party apparatus is controlled by you know, uh, a gay faction. I mean, Ross Cameron put it best when he said New South Wales Liberal Party has pretty, pretty much become a gay club. So uh, it was pretty brave, not just because it, it would cause outrage by the left, but also cause uh, outrage within, within her own party. So, so it's good that you know she she was she and her education minister uh, Rob Stokes were brave enough to to take this decision and of course you know we're already seeing the the media and you know all of the LGBT activists saying oh, how outrageous this decision is and you know uh, by axing this program you're saying it's okay to punch queer students in the face. 
Yeah, um, I think they're, again, they're overreacting to this entire decision because no one supports bashing up students, you know, no one supports, you know, hurting them in any way for, for whatever reason. Um, what we're saying is we want to protect our children and if it comes to anti-bullying, we need to have an actual anti-bullying program that has nothing to do with sexuality, you know. You shouldn't be telling kids, you know, you shouldn't be punching them because of this. You just be like, you shouldn't be punching them unless it's for self-defense. Um, so, you know, it just being an overreaction to this sort of thing, which we expect from the left, is again very irresponsible. Um, and yes, as you said, you know, the, the Liberal Party is being taken over these days um, by the left itself. You know, we see that there's a gay faction, there are gay MPs, well, they are openly gay, and they're, they're saying, you know, um, they want to change everything. Um, you know, their personal life doesn't matter. What matters is they're trying to change the entire party to fit their agenda. Um, that's the problem here. That's the main problem here. So, you know, that. And that's resulting in the Liberal Party itself being unable to take any actions against the left, because if the party is being invaded by people with, you know, a, devi a deviant agenda, then regardless of personal life, you know, there are straight M MPs who are doing the same thing. So if the Liberal Party is getting invaded by these people, then it's going to be hard for them to stand up to the left. Um, and it's going to result in, you know, people overreacting to, to, to decisions like these. And that's why it's always been hard for people to actually be vocal about it. That's why it's been hard for the silent majority to actually criticize this because they're called homophobic. Um, if you have, you know, your brand in an ad that discusses or in a video that discusses gay marriage, you will be automatically called a homophobe. Um, so, you know, that's why it's been very hard. But this overreaction doesn't really do anything because the government has said we will end this and replace it with something else, um, which we will talk about later. That might be a very ideal itself, but we'll talk about that later. Um, but it's nice to see that the government has you know, ignored the entire um, overreaction and done the right thing for change. Well, no one is in, in favour of bullying, period. Like, whether it's, you know, because uh, they're a different, you know, race or uh, have different, you know, bo body features or if they are allegedly queer or trans. But the fact that, you know, this program was, it, it, it was basically indoctrinating children into radical sexual and gender theory uh, and encouraging them to, you know, be gay or trans or uh, sexually experiment. I mean, uh, this story was broken by the Daily Telegraph and it was accompanied by a piece in Miranda Devine, where she, uh, in her article, she pointed to uh, pa uh, parents who, because of safe schools, had uh, had believed that they were trans and, you know, wanted to go to, like, gender clinic, but after they were, you know, away from the clutches of safe schools and back with family, they soon got over these feelings of gender confusion. Yeah, exactly. That's see the entire the evidence, the you know, actual reality says that their agenda itself is, you know, a lie, you know. Yeah, and and also as it said, you know, we have these we have children who, for some reason, they get confused um, about their gender, for example, and they start going to these clinics, and you know, their parents give in, but then the parents realize that this isn't the right way, and they take them out of it, and somehow they end up going back to being normal. You know, they end up appreciating their own gender they're born with, um, because they're born with that for a reason, and and they don't just you know give in to some sort of weird ideas that they're being fed by their schools. Um, and that just goes to show that this entire program is harmful because we, we see kids who are going back to being normal, going back to do the, doing the right thing, instead of getting confused by all these weird ideas. Uh, even though this was a significant victory, given that, you know, the media and the, the left, like, a uh, extremely supportive of safe schools. It, it was a significant victory that we had a government brave enough to say, no, this is the end of the program. But there is also concern about uh, its replacement, the general anti-bullying program, because in the Daily Telegraph article, uh, there, it quotes a source with, within the uh, education department saying they still want to include gay and trans issues. So there is a, there is a concern that the safe schools content could just be moved into this general anti-bullying program and this could be an attempt to fool conservatives saying look we got rid of safe schools we did exactly uh what, what you told us to do but it's just simply the content's been shifted into this uh anti-bullying program and we're still stuck with the same lgbt propaganda in schools
Yeah, it could just be another tactic um, used by the dominant leftist faction to um, keep us quiet, you know, to, to, to distract us and keep us quiet about the entire problem and just, you know, um, keep us ignorant to what's actually happening behind closed doors. Um, if that is the case, that is a big concern and we are hoping that does not happen. Um, as we said earlier, you know, we don't need to include all these labels in anti-bullying programs. You know, we just need to tell kids that you shouldn't hurt others unless, of course, you're using self-defense. Um, or if it's, you know, if you're just playing, which is, you know, normal. But, you know, we shouldn't be telling kids to actually hurt and bully others uh, for any reason. You know, we shouldn't be saying why they shouldn't be doing it. We just should be saying they shouldn't be doing it because, you know, you wouldn't want that to happen to you. You know, you have logic here. You can use logic instead of going off into tangents and using particular um, arbitrary situations, arbitrary concepts in, in this program, and then, you know, exposing kids to more uh, things that might actually confuse them or things that might harm them in the long run. Um, so, And instead, you could just have common sense, you know, just use logic, just use morality, use traditional values values to teach kids that you shouldn't harm anyone um, and that and if that's the path they are going to take that would be good however if they do include not just sex sexuality but you know racial things if they include you know everything else you know all those oppressed minority concepts then that's still going to be quite bad um, in the long run because it'll expose children to things they shouldn't be exposed to and it's gonna um, just mean that they, they you know we were just fools that's what it's gonna mean uh, and we, uh, we should also yeah, just highlight again that this is only in one state, um, even though federal funding does run, run out in the middle of the year uh, because the, the federal government is making the decision, because it was, a, it was originally funded in the dying days of the Gillard government, but Federal Education Minister Simon Birmingham said that once the funding runs out, they're not going to renew it, but he is going to leave up the, the Safe Schools website, which meaning that all the material is still available uh, to teachers. But we should also spare a thought to uh, students in other states, especially those run by uh, Labor governments, and particularly in Victoria, which still have uh, the full uncensored safe schools. And of course, in Victoria, you also have the uh, so-called Respectful Relationships Program, uh, which, ba which basically attacks uh, the concept of gender and basically demonizes heterosexuality. Yeah, you know, that program, that's the slippery slope. You know, that's the slippery slope right here. You know, that program result came from, um, you know, safe schools and it resulted in, you know, a concept that uh, attacks masculinity, attacks men, says they're violent. And that's, that's actually true. They actually do say that. That's not something we've made up. Um, and, you know, that's, that's a problem in Victoria and in other states. And, you know, we need to see that this becomes a domino effect somehow, and other states start doing it. I know in Queensland, for example, um, we, we have seen um, news stories that say that One Nation is about to, will most likely win the next election in Queensland. If that happens, Queensland will be quite safe. Um, because right now it's run by Labour, and that's a big problem, that's a huge problem. Um, so we need to see other states, um, firstly, you know, become states that are right-wing, ruled by right-wing, you know, conservative governments, um, at least liberal governments, and then that'll allow uh, these programs to be um, taken down, to be disassembled, and then federally it will be disassembled. Um, and, you know, we will actually have safe, we, we will actually have safe schools when the safe school is taken down. So, yeah, so, you know, Victoria is quite, it's quite vulnerable, as you said earlier, but, you know, we need to see people wake up to this and vote for, more relatively right-wing parties to get this out of schools. Well, most parents weren't aware of what was going on until conservative journalists such as Miranda Devine and others, and also uh, concerned citizens, began highlighting what was in the Safe Schools program and really uh, woke a lot of people up, and that's why uh, we, saw, we saw this uh, backlash against it. Yeah, and that's quite um, a hopeful sign because, you know, it just shows that people are concerned. Um, it just shows that, you know, Danny Andrews might, you know, not have a future in Victoria after all. Um, and if that's the case, that's what we want and that's, you know, what our children need because if it's if that doesn't happen, then seriously, there's really no hope left um, because that would just mean that they would continue infiltrating and continue doing um, all their work and, you know, furthering the cultural Marxist agenda and ruining society.
Uh, ideally, all LGBT propaganda should be banned in schools. I mean, schools shouldn't be promoting, you know, alternate uh, sexual lifestyles or attempting, you know, to uh, recruit children into into their agenda. I mean, the the UK from 1988 to 2003 had uh, what was termed Section 28 of the Local Government Act, which banned the promotion of homosexuality in in local schools. That was introduced by uh, Margaret Thatcher's government, but sadly repealed by Tony Blair's government. I mean, that's ideally what, what we should have so that parents can be rest, rest assured there's not an agenda there to, you know, uh, corrupt their children. Yeah, we need that. We need that, some sort of law like that. I just can't see that happening in the near future because, you know, we have Malcolm Turnbull um, as our prime minister and we have Labour governments all over in the country. Um, but that is the most ideal law we can have um, for this sort of issue. Russia has a similar um, similar law banning LGBT propaganda and it's actually working quite well there. Um, and that is what we need to see if we want to save Western civilization, if we want to preserve our values and our virtues, and if you want to actually ensure that our civilization and our children survive into the future um, as responsible citizens. Um, because if not, if they are considered to be, if they're considered to be exposed to all this, um, all these concepts, I'll just call them concepts, then that's going to be very harmful for them. And it's going to be harmful for our society. Um, so a, law, a similar law like that would be very, uh, would be really good. And I expect people like Cory Bernardi and Kata and Pauline Hansen to um, be the proponents of such policies. And it's not just what's going on in schools, it's also the fact that government actually funds a lot of these LGBT youth organisations which uh, you know, try, uh, try and influence uh, young people outside of school, which is, which is, I mean, all of these organisations should basically be defunded. I mean, they, they, are, they are, you know, Corrupting, corrupting our youth, and, and so there's there's still heaps to be done. I mean, the gov like although the safe schools is there's a significant backlash about that. Nobody knows about organisations like Minus Eighteen and what they do. Yeah. Yeah, these these organisations, you know, as you said, as you said, you know, they they are helping recruit to recruit children into these lifestyles, and you don't even need organisations to be to focus on such niche aspects. You don't. If you want to help children, then be general about it. You know, use values and use you know traditional teachings, for example. You don't need to actually go into niche markets and you know call yourself an LGBT organisation or something, or call yourself a racial or an anti-racist organisation, or call yourself an anti- uh, or a feminist organisation or an anti-sexist organisation or something. Um, you don't need to do that, okay? If you want to help children, you can do that in much better ways, but we all know that they don't want to help children. They want to actually promote all these ideologies, you know, everything from feminism to racism, all these ideologies, and, you know, uh, pollute our society with such concepts to actually brainwash children and uh, encourage them to pursue these uh, these weird life paths. And, and I think if like a, a young person is generally same-sex attracted or uh, has gender dysphoria, I think they can figure out it out for themselves. I mean, they don't need a government indoctrination program to, to teach that to them. Yeah, exactly. As I said earlier, I mean, if there are, you know, this is to protect our, to protect the majority of children. If there are children like that, then, you know, they, as I said, they don't need those um, programs. Because as I said, if you want to stop bullying, then you don't need to focus on those niche things, you know. Um, so you just need to focus on making it general and teaching kids that you shouldn't hurt others. Um, and that's why, you know, it's a big topic because they can use this um, to actually infiltrate the system and encourage, you know, this uh, is overly, you know, interestingly compassionate culture. I mean, they've taken compassion to such weird levels into their, into their society. They've manipulated the concept of compassion and kindness, um, and they're using those arguments to infiltrate the system and encourage people to support that infiltration. Um, and that's the problem we have, and that's why we need to protect the majority of our children.
Yeah, so it was an important first step by the New South Wales government, but still more to be done. But let's move on to our second topic, which was the Battle of Berkeley, as it was called. This was a pro-free pro speech march in uh, the town of Berkeley in California. It was uh, it was organised by uh, pro-Trump, pro-patriot uh, pro groups, and there were people such as uh, Lauren Southern uh, there who were, who were due to speak, and Antifa tried to violently shut down the event and assault uh, uh, pro-Trump and pro-free pro speech people. Uh, and so we basically had had another one of these uh, you know, leftist violent uh, confrontations happening on the street. We saw that on Inauguration Day as well. And of course, the, the various riots that happened in United States cities last year. But the key difference here was that uh, the, uh, the pro-Trump, the right-wing people decided to, to fight back. Yeah, it's the same thing happening over and over and over again, we see all these lefties um, too triggered by reality, too triggered by our opinions, and therefore they decide to, um, you know, hold violent, you know, rallies, violent events to try and take us down. Um, that just says something about them, you know, that just says what they really are about. Um, and, you know, they really hate simple things like patriotism, you know, they really hate simple things like free speech. Free speech only works for them um, if it if it's something to do with their ideologies, or if it's something to do with their individuals, or if it's something to do with their political figures. Um, free speech doesn't work if it's to do with, you know, opposing viewpoints, if it's to do with right-wing viewpoints. Um, you know, we, we see we see that with people coming from Aust overseas to Australia to do particular speeches. You know, Ayan Hirsi Ali couldn't was unable to come here because, you know, free speech doesn't apply to her because she's right-wing and she's triggering and she's you know, revealing all these um, weird opinions that they don't like. Um, and, you know, that just says something about the left at the end of the day, um, which just says what their gender is, and it just shows us what they've become. Um, and it just gives us, you know, shows us true colors, because, you know, we have a peaceful, you know, Patriot's Day um, rally by right-wing people, by Trump supporters, um, and luckily we had... Um, people from all over the country, in, in America, from all over the country, um, coming there um, to actually protect the rally. Um, for example, there was a group called the Oath Keepers who went there to actually um, protect the rally, protect the people um, who are there from the, from the Antifa because they know it's going to happen. You know, we know it's going to happen. You know, it's obvious. Um, they're going to infiltrate um, our rallies and our events, whichever they, way they can. Um, and you know, we had all these bikers, for example, protecting Trump supporters from Antifa, just in case they break down police barriers, which they did, um, and the police didn't do anything, oh, I'm yeah. just saying. Um, yeah. yeah, and you know, thankfully they were there. Oh, yeah, the police once again failed to do their jobs. I mean, well, that's why the uh, pro-free speech people, they had to take matters into their own hand because the police uh, uh, didn't protect them. I mean, California is a far left-wing state, so, of course, the police got a stand-down order. And also yeah. what happened was that uh, before the rally, the police disarmed the uh, the pro-free speech people uh, because they, they brought weapons there, to, you know, because they were expecting uh, violence and needed to defend themselves, but the police didn't bother to uh, disarm the Antifa people who threw rocks, smoke bombs, uh, other types of of, of of basically military weaponry, uh, and they and they were allowed to get away with that, and the police just uh, uh, just sat sat there and did nothing. Yeah, it's very disgraceful, isn't it? Because I expect the police to protect everyone, but it's. It's, I mean, it's very interesting because it's very, it seemed very, um, you know, organized for the police to actually um, disarm the Trump supporters. And then when the Antifa came in, they did nothing. Um, it's, it seems, you know, it feels like it was planned very well by the police themselves. And, you know, we live in an age where um, even the police are unable to actually um, do anything against the left. You know, if they do, then they're labeled as violent, they're labeled as racists, um, they're labeled as sexists, you know, because, you know, the, if the police um, start actually implementing order, then that's, that's the reaction by the majority of uh, uh, leftist state. Um, so that's, that's one, another problem, but it's very interesting because I expect the police to actually disarm the others as well, but they didn't. Um, and they broke down the barricades. The police weren't doing anything. The police were just, you know, on the side of their cars, doing nothing, looking at what's happening. Um, and thankfully, we had 
private security, uh, we had, you know, other particular groups, um, militia groups, private militia groups who actually were able to protect um, their the rally attendees um, and the Trump supporters. Well, the mainstream media, they always report on these events like, see, right-wing event, oh, they're always violent, like, look how awful these people are, you know, they're uh, evil far-right Nazis and, and they just cause trouble everywhere when it's the left who always cause the violence. It's interesting that when the left hold a, a protest or, or an event, the right never turn up to shut that down. I mean, just this uh, Easter weekend in Melbourne, we had the Socialist Alternative Marxism Conference. None of us turned up there to try and shut that down or, or have a confrontation with the people attending there. So it's, it's, they're only violent because, you know, Antifa or any other far-left group decide to uh, tr try and assault the, the people peacefully protesting. Yeah, so I mean, we never we never actually interrupt their rallies, do we? We don't we don't we don't use violence to interrupt their rallies. If we do um, respond to their rallies, um, like we did, for example, here in Sydney for the Women's March, then we don't use violence. You know, we just you know rock up rock up with our boards and banners, and you know we use we use critical arguments which they can't handle um, to actually respond to their um, to to their to their meaningless arguments, um, and but. The same thing, the left cannot use the same thing to respond to us because they want to resort to violence. They want to resort to um, using, you know, uh, gas bombs, to using fireworks um, to actually get us down because they know they're wrong. Um, they know they're insecure. They know that we're winning um, and they can't handle that. They can't handle the fact that we are actually using proper arguments um, to, to actually make that we, we actually make sense with our arguments. And that's why they use violence um, because they can't handle us. Um, and that, that's a good sign really for us because it shows that we are on the right path and they are not. And because people actually try to try to fight back this time, uh, the left were especially triggered um, and nothing more so than uh, one of the uh, uh, protesters at the free speech march punched an antifa girl and you know so they were all like oh how could you you know punch this you know poor girl yet uh uh, this girl, uh, uh, people found uh, her Facebook profile, and she she said that she went there to claim a hundred Nazi scalps, and she was you know trying to run for the the pro uh, protesters there, uh, and, and so the punch was in self defence, and so in my uh, point of view, it didn't violate the non aggression principle. Yeah, um, at first, um, I agree. I mean, it was just self-defense. He didn't violate anything. Um, if he didn't do that, he would probably have no hair. He would probably be stabbed on the head or stabbed on the neck. Um, because um, uh, at first, you know, I want to say that at first, it was hard to tell. It was hard to tell if it was a girl. At first, it looked like a guy wearing <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, culturally yeah, you appropriating... Yeah, you assume their gender. Yeah, yeah, true, yeah. I mean, at first, it was just, you know, it looks like um, a man who was culturally appro appropriating dreadlocks. Um, but then uh, but then I realized that it was actually a, a female um, looking at what people were saying. Um, and then, you know, I watched the video and it was hard to tell what she was doing. Um, I just thought she was jumping around trying to have a look. But then I realized that, no, she wasn't. Um, you know, we had, we had an argument about this. You know, she wasn't. She wasn't jumping around. She was actually taking part in the violence. Um, the Facebook post actually said she wanted 100 Nazi scalps um people might not believe that people might just dismiss that and say you know that doesn't mean she wants to actually do that okay but she was actually holding bottles she was holding a wine bottle that was smashed um to try and actually hurt uh, Trump supporters. Um, if that's not a good reason to, you know, firstly she was taking part in the violence. Second, she was throwing bottles at people, and third, she was holding a smashed bottle to hurt people. If that isn't a good reason for um, for Nathan Domingo to actually uh, punch her, then I don't know what is. You know, do they expect him to die for her? Do they expect him to die simply because she's she's a woman? No, that doesn't work like that. You know, we don't support hurting women for no reason, but we have no problem with anyone, regardless of the gender, defending themselves from anyone else, regardless of their gender. You know, it doesn't matter if you're male, female, you know, pan, I don't care. It doesn't matter, okay? What matters is even self-defense. And the same left is complaining about the girl getting punched. I mean, these are the same people who cheered on the unprovoked attack on alt-right leader Richard Spencer on Inauguration Day mm -hmm. when he was just giving a TV interview and then he got punched. 
uh, you know, just for speaking. And let's not forget uh, when there was the uh, the riot at uh, University of California, Berkeley, at the same place uh, where Milo Yiannopoulos was speaking and the left violently shut that down. There was a girl wearing a Make Bitcoin Great Again cap and she was giving a TV interview and she got pepper sprayed just for, just for wearing that hat. And also, it's, so... Unlike those those attacks, which were completely unprovoked, this was in self defense. It was totally it was totally within reason. And also another reason yeah. why the left can't complain is because they were the ones who said it was okay to punch anybody you suspected of being a Nazi. I mean, there were endless articles and videos saying yes, you should punch Nazis. But oh, they're you know so shocked and uh, upset that uh, uh, you know when uh, people decide to fight back. I mean, what do you expect? Like, if you say it's okay to punch people, like, don't be surprised if they punch back. Yeah, and that, why you said, why you said there, that's the hypocrisy. You know, that's the hypocrisy we see from the left every single day. You know, firstly, they don't mind punching Nazis. It's, I mean, I mean, the problem is for them, anyone can be a Nazi. You know, I could be a Nazi for them. Um, any any Trump supporter, anyone right wing, anyone slightly right wing for them is a Nazi. That's it, and they can punch them. That's and that's their reasoning. Um, that just shows who they are. That's their reasoning, um, and they're violent. It just shows how violent these people are. Um, I mean, no wonder this word Muslim. No wonder they support Islam. No wonder they support a violent religion because they themselves are violent. I mean, it makes sense. They go well together. Um, and it's the irony and it's the hypocrisy. They punch Richard Spencer. That was fine. They pepper spray another a, a girl. That was that was fine. Um, no sexism. No, no no sexism. No misogyny. You know, it's it's not sexism if you attack a right wing woman. That's their ideology. Um, and you know, they're they're advocating to punch Nazis, to punch Trump supporters. Um, in in Sydney University where I go to, you know, they uh, they they um try to um, prevent a liberal party event from happening. You can't wear make um, make America Great Again hats at Sydney University. There's an actual law against it. Um, in the university and so you know these that's what they are and they resort to violence and you know it just shows them for who they are and it shows their true colors yeah and they, uh, this uh, this punch uh, punch back um, they're they're trying to you know attack the attack the guy who punched her saying like oh he you know he's a white supremacist or you know neo-nazi and like you know you should you shouldn't be holding him up as a hero but I basically don't care about his background because this was a powerful punch because now that people are actually fighting back against Antifa they may uh, they may not be so violent the violent themselves I mean uh, the reason why why they have been so violent in the past is because nobody has fought back against them. But of course, they've they've showed just how cowardly they are by in their you know triggered and hysterical reaction to this girl getting punched. That you know maybe in the future now that they realise that people will fight back, uh, they they might not be so disruptive in the future. Yeah, um, you know that's 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 um, I completely agree with that. You know, that's exactly correct what you said because you know these people they pretend to support tolerance and peace and compassion. These are the people who hate the Second Amendment. These are the people who hate guns, but they have no problem with gas bombs. You know, imagine they had actual grenades, what they would do. They had no problem with fireworks, with using fireworks um, on people. They had no problem with using with acid attacks, you know, but these are the people who hate guns. And just remember, they actually held um, a rally in a university in America where they were actually having guns. You know, these were the, the, that was the left. You know, guns are okay for them as long as it's for their purpose. You know, as if it's if it's anything to do with the right wing, guns are bad. But when it comes to their purpose, guns are fine. When it comes to their purpose, gas bombs are fine. You know, these people are the most probably one of the most violent groups there are right now in Western society, um, and they are contributing to the downfall if we don't do anything about it. But since they saw what happened since they saw that our side was ready to actually um, defend ourselves and retaliate. That might teach them a lesson, um, and hopefully it'll end. Yeah, uh, f uh, f my opinion is that this punch could actually uh, l uh, lead to peace because 
because of this act of you know self defense it, it will actually make sure that yeah future rallies uh, are much more peaceful because people are now willing to stand up uh, stand up to defend themselves and i've never really been a fan of the uh physical leftist physical removal service or throwing communists out of helicopters but whenever i see uh you know just these leftists running around you know causing violence throwing throwing punches you know my uh antipathy towards those actions uh diminishes they they are they're prepared to kill us you know they're prepared to hurt us yeah um simply I mean, for our those, opinions yeah those rocks that they threw they could have killed people i mean uh exactly. they, they had no mercy those people it, it wasn't just about you know hurting people like they wouldn't yeah. have cared if they killed somebody yeah, I mean, using fireworks. I mean, they, that could turn someone blind using gas chamber. Gas chamber, sorry, using gas bombs. That could turn someone blind. You know, uh, they don't care about that. You know, the, the compassionate, tolerant, peaceful people. I mean, the revealing their true colors just goes to show that just goes to show that we are the virtuous people. That the right is the righteous side of the spectrum. They are the violent side, and they are the degenerate side, and they shouldn't be getting any attention. I think Trump said it best when he commented on a uh, protester being escorted out of his rally, uh, like to punch him in the face. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that, that's, that just, in, you know, in one phrase, that's how he uh, summarized it. Well, speaking of Trump, let's move on to uh, the foreign policy update. Now, on our last review show, we did express our disappointment over the uh, US airstrike over Syria. Following that, uh, there has been no further uh, attacks, but uh, Rex Tillerson went to Russia saying that they believed that Assad could not play no further role in Syria's future. Uh, but at the end of uh, last week, uh, Russia uh, st still maintained that they will not tolerate any further uh, att attacks on Syria. So there is a stalemate for now. But since there hasn't been any further US action, it looks like that that airstrike was just a message to Assad, you know, don't use chemical weapons, because so far we haven't heard Trump or um, Sean Spicer talk about it at all. Yeah, um, as you said, it was quite a carefully planned out attack, and you know, there it was aimed at the um, actual airbase, and just 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 pointing out that he actually made sure that the entire airbase wouldn't be destroyed. Um, the Syrian army began to use the airbase. Um, the air force began using uh, began continued operations um, to uh, to bomb ISIS and protect other towns in the region um, the next day. So you know it didn't really destroy the entire thing. So it just may have been a sign. Yes, um, that's okay. Uh, well, you know, not it's not, not ideal, but you know, it's not as bad as you know regime change. Trump hasn't really um, said much about you know uh, Syria since then. Um, he doesn't seem to want to change the regime. Uh, Trump seems to be um, you know staying true to his promise to actually uh, defeat Israel. Sorry, defeat. Um, ISIS first um, with Israel, and then maybe try and do something about the regime change. Maybe um, that was, I suppose, his promise at first, um, and he seems to be staying true to that, which is which is okay. You know, it's not as bad as we thought. Yeah, I mean, certainly a lot of us were alarmed and disappointed when the airstrikes first happened, and did fear that this could spiral out of control. But uh, a week and a half later, uh, I mean, you know, Trump hasn't tweeted about it at all, and so I think he just wanted to. I, I mean, it, it it was like a very targeted airstrike. I mean, there was hardly like any civilian casualties at all, and like they warned the the Russians that it was happening. I mean, so it was pretty much just all for show. Um, but there was also the. Uh, the taking of a much firmer line on North Korea than any previous administration had happened. And so that's also got people uh, alarmed. Um, but it's also worth pointing out that, yeah, Kim Jong-un, uh, what, what everyone calls him, the, the young fat kid, um, <laughs> uh, he, he's definitely uh, much more uh, unhinged than, than any of his uh, uh, forebearers. Yeah, um, it's it's interesting because I think he is quite young. So, and there are some problems that we have heard. There are some problems within their own regime that there are some competitors. There are there, there are some rivals within. Um, so that might be hard for him. Um, he doesn't seem as hardline as his father or his grandfather. Um, it do, uh, Trump doesn't seem to be actually going back on any promises with this. 
um, because he has been always uh, critical. Well, he's always been adamant in opposing communism. He's hated, um, you know, communist countries, especially China, for example, for using America as an advantage um, for their for themselves by flooding America with America with their um, products. Um, but yes, with North Korea, I don't really mind as much as with Syria because they are communist. Um, and I don't like them at all. Obviously, no one likes them. So um, it's interesting to see what will happen. Uh, I, I just hope it doesn't actually result in something too bad. Uh, because Russia doesn't seem to be on exactly on North Korea's side. It's Russia isn't communist anymore. Russia knows North Korea is bad. Um, and Russia and America seem to be aligned when it comes to this. Um, because obviously North Korea is a problem. Even China, even China isn't very protective of North Korea because even North Korea is very annoying for China as well. They're, they're, it, it's an obstacle for China's um, um, mission to actually open up to the world and you know appeal to other countries. And North Korea is ruining their plan. So you know this might be easier because China and Russia seem to also not really prefer North Korea. Um, but you know, only time will tell. Oh, I think the fact that, you know, North Korea, they are trying to design a missile that can reach the United States. I mean, that is an issue of concern for the United States when a foreign nation is building a weapon to try and attack you. So it is legitimate for, for Trump to take action on North Korea. So far, he's just sent uh, more forces to the uh, Korean Peninsula to basically, um, you know, show North Korea that we're you know, no, no longer tolerating this. And basically with, you know, with North Korea, um, uh, we saw that, you know, they're, they're starting to buckle under the pressure. I mean, we saw the failure to launch this weekend of their latest uh, nu nuclear test. Uh, and so, um, you know, they've... They, they are cracking under the pressure. And, when, and China's always only backed North Korea because they don't want a whole bunch of North Korean refugees fleeing into China. I mean, that's the only reason that they want stability in North Korea. But yes, um, I wouldn't be too upset if there was, you know, regime change in, in North Korea, given the, the fact that... Uh, you know, uh, it's a Stalinist regime, and pretty much all the people there are brainwashed to, you know, worship the dear leader. And so it would be much easier to just go in there and deprogram the North Korean people. I mean, look at South Korea. It's a first world country. The people there, they're pretty much live the Western lifestyle. And so it would be much easier, say, you know, converting North Korea to a normal Western democracy, so to speak. Yeah, South Korea, their living standards are excellent, um, and that's thanks to, you know, their use of economic freedom, that's thanks to capitalism, um, which is something told to won't admit. Um, but yes, um, again, you wouldn't mind that, I wouldn't mind that um, them intervening in North Korea. Russia doesn't seem to mind that much. Um, I would say, you know, if I, I don't really mind if North Korea does build nuclear weapons, um, as long as they don't use it to bomb America, because... I, it's hard to tell because it might seem that it's hard to tell whether they're offensive or defensive. You know, it seems more like they will bomb America if America tries to intervene. That's the sort of that's the sort of argument I've been seeing with North Korea. I'm rather than, you know we will bomb you no matter what. Um, so if that's the case, I wouldn't really care much about North Korea. Um, but helping those people escape that lifestyle and escape such hardship um, is a good thing. Um, you know, we that's a country where they kill babies in front of their mothers. They they shoot babies in front of their mothers and they force abortions on them. Um, and people shouldn't be living like that anywhere. Um, and I think, you know, that, that that's a different different issue to, you know, South Syria, for example. Um, and that's why, you know, North Korea is a bit of a different situation. Yeah. I, I said to libertarians this week that, you know, North Korea might be the, the one place where, you know, regime change and foreign intervention might actually work because uh, it, it wouldn't be too hard to, you know, deprogram them, especially when they are so, you know, violently oppressed. I mean, uh, as you just mentioned there, there's, you know, public executions, uh, you know, you're not allowed to say, you know, anything which, which would be against the North Korean government. Uh, people are basically, you know, starving all the time. I basically you could just go in there, like offer, offer the North Korean people an all-you-can-eat meal and you would have won them over. 
Yeah, yeah, and the only reason, I mean, we see on TV um, those parades in Pyongyang, you know, where we see skyscrapers, that's thanks to China. That's thanks to Chinese aid. And China sends them aid, um, just like, for example, India sending Bhutan aid, but Bhutan is a very, you know, well, very, well, if you watch any of those Inside North Korea documentary, those skyscrapers, they're crap quality. I mean, yeah, the yeah. rooms are like all moldy, like there's no you yeah. know, air conditioning or anything like that. They're awful. Yeah, that's true. Um, it's actually, it's a very, you know, a very bad um, sort of accommodation, for example, in comparison to what we have today, that, you know, what that that is probably the best accommodation they could have in a country like North Korea. But if you compare it to like Australia, that's probably the worst we can have in Australia um, and in, in a city in Australia. Um, and, you know, that's thanks to Chinese aid anyway. It's not like they built it and, you know, it may look snazzy on the outside, Again, that's to um, sort of show the world that you know to to, to fool the world uh, into showing that you know we have skyscrapers. But if you look at you know, if you go down below the superficialities and actually examine them, then you will see that um, that they are actually bad quality. And board, um, because if you look closely, the the actual weapons they're wonky. Um, you, know, you can actually see that there that there are some parts that don't go well. The angles aren't correct. You know, one rep one weapon is pointing that way, the other is pointing the other way. Um, and it's crooked. Um, so there are allegations that those are actually fake weapons, um, created to you know shock the world. You know, but uh, you know it doesn't really. When you find out the truth, it doesn't really shock you at all. And I love how lefties are now saying, "Oh, Trump's actions, yeah, yeah." Oh, on North Korea, they're going to cause World War Three. Like, what nerve they have to say that Trump's going to start World War Three when Hillary would definitely be guaranteed to start World War Three with their rhetoric on Russia. I mean, yeah. North Korea, as long as they don't have the ability to nuke the United States, I mean, it's much easier, much easier to contain them than a hot war between US and Russia. Yeah, I mean, they're idle. Hillary Clinton, she wanted to do more than simply bomb air bases. Um, she first she wanted to bomb all air bases. Trump she wanted one. a no-fly zone over Syria. Exactly. Shoot down Russian jets. Exactly. She wanted no, no fly zone, and that would have resulted in much greater conflict, much greater chaos. Um, because you know you could have shot down a Russian jet, and Russia would have been like, nope, that doesn't work. Um, Russia actually has more nuclear warheads than America. Um, and you know her treatment of Russia would have actually pushed the world into a World War Three, a much more harmful World War Three. Um, and North Korea is a different story. North Korea, as we said earlier, China isn't very happy with North Korea at all. Um, China, China only tolerates them. China doesn't like them because they are an obstacle for them. Russia didn't li doesn't like North Korea. Um, so, you know, North Korea probably won't do anything. The, the, if there's one good argument to use against um, any sort of intervention, would be to, for, to protect the people of South Korea and Japan, um, because they are much much closer to um, North Korea. They are allies of um, the United States, and it, North Korea can use them as leverage, use them to actually, um, you know, for their nuclear weapons, uh, and that that will go uh, that will go bad. I mean, Japan, if, Japan might see their third nuclear attack um, you know, after a century. So, you know, this is again leftist rhetoric doesn't make sense, and the reality says that you are wrong. And also the, the last bit of uh, foreign action that Trump did was the uh, dropping of the so-called mother of all bombs on caves in Afghanistan where ISIS are uh, hiding. Now, uh, most people uh, believe that, you know, this uh, bomb dropping didn't do uh, much in itself, but it was more designed to send a message to uh, Syria and North Korea that, you know, this is what we're capable of doing. Yeah, it might have been a message, and there are allegations that those tunnels were actually made by the CIA at yeah. first. Um, so not they sure knew that exactly it... where they were. Yeah, exactly. Um, we have seen a reaction from you know Pakistani ministers, from former Afghanistani ministers who are saying, or former Afghan ministers, I should say, who are saying, you know, why are they bombing my country? They shouldn't be. Well, we're trying to help you defeat a terrorist group, would you rather have a terrorist group or would you rather have America? You know, it's, your, it's your choice. Um, so, you know, um, again, it's it might be just for the show, but um, I think it's effective because they can, they can, it's the largest bomb there is, uh, and they use it for the first time ever, um, and they can do it again um, to defeat ISIS, and I hope 
people can learn something from it. I think contrary to what a lot of people keep on saying, Trump is not a madman. I mean, um, you know, you can call his actions mad, but I think there is a method behind this. But having said yeah. that, there, I will put this caveat. Like, I, I'm still concerned about what will happen in Syria. I hope they don't go for regime change. But so far, after things have calmed down, it, it, it looks like um, the status quo is going to stay for a while. Yeah, regime wouldn't end well, um, especially considering the fact that um, Bashar al-Assad is protecting Christians. Um, the, the airbase that was used to uh, that was used by America that was targeted to um, uh, to, to, removing Assad wouldn't help. Um, it leads to more chaos. America should shouldn't be in the business of regime change. Um, their only option here is to. Defeat ISIS and do what Trump would do and get out because yeah, they're spending too much money on uh, the military. They're spending too much money on this conflict, and it won't end well for anyone. And it won't end well for America if it continues to. Um, You've broken up. You've broken up. Everything's done in the pain as you, you know, make the past mistakes, like Marine Le Pen said. You know. I'm on 4G now, okay. and my 4G is working very well. Okay. Yeah, is it? Yeah, it yeah. is. My 4G is working well. Sorry, so we'll start again. Ah, uh, yeah, I'll just stop that. Yep, go. And Assad, Assad is protecting protect Christians there. He was using the airbase to actually protect Christian towns in the region, and that's probably why America didn't bomb the entire thing, and probably why most of the airbase, especially the important um, buildings in it, are actually intact. Um, so Trump seems to have a methodology. He has um, a very interesting method um, to distract the media and do something else um, that'll actually help him um, fulfill his promises uh, ultimately. And the option right now, defeat ISIS, get out of Syria, um, and move away from their past mistakes and reestablish a conservative isolationist um, policy on foreign policy. Yeah, I, I think it was a bit too of an overreaction for us to to jump off the Trump train after after last week. I, I'm still, yeah, like I said, I still have my concerns, um, but I'm definitely, you know, fe feeling more positive about Trump than I was a week ago. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll just say quickly. I mean, you know. Uh... It was concerning because you know he's the the report seemed to seem to be based on something very fuzzy. We don't even know if Assad did it. That was yeah. the problem here. We don't even know if Assad did it. Um, and even if he did, again, you know, uh, does it justify going off there? But you know, we just found out that he didn't actually bomb the entire thing, and that you know he seems to have done this as a sign that, that he isn't going to actually go further and make things worse. Um, so you know, time has told us that it's not as bad as we first thought. Still not good but not as bad as we first thought. Yeah, definitely. Um, and also, it's just broken while we are recording this podcast. Some more good news is that the Tasmanian Liberal government has just announced that they are getting rid of safe schools as well. Oh, that's, that is amazing, actually. Wow. We predicted it. Yeah, so that's a good note to end on. So thank you once again for yeah. being my co-host, Sukas. <laughs> That's, it's my pleasure, actually, now. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm over the moon. <laughs> and, of course, we'll have another review show later in the week because there's already heap more topics that I want to talk about. Uh, as always, at the end of the show, um, usual reminders apply. Don't forget, if you haven't yet, uh, sign up to the email list at theunshackled.net slash subscribe. We've also got some uh, important events coming up as well. You can check those out the, at theunshackled.net slash events. Also, please consider supporting the website. You can become a patron on Patreon or donate via PayPal. The links are in the description. And, of course, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, or view the video version on YouTube. And, of course, don't forget to keep checking theunshackled.net on a regular basis for all the latest news. Thanks once again for listening, and we'll see you next time.